This is Mike Kitko, and I'm a small business owner just like you. I'll never be a hustle whore or grind guru, but I do believe in having it all, health, wealth, and a life full of love. Struggle is not the goal, and sacrifice is not glamorous. I like the path of least resistance. It just takes a shift in mindset and the beliefs you hold. Do you believe that you need to sacrifice now to have what you want later? Or do you believe that you can have it all, all the time? Because your beliefs create your outcomes. I choose to feel wealthy, successful, and happy every day, and you get to choose for yourself. Welcome to Lead, Love, Profit, Play, where small business owners learn and choose to have it all and choose to create success without the stress. This episode starts way back early in my life. And I I didn't I didn't see it when I was in the midst of it. I didn't see it when as it was happening. But when I joined the Marine Corps in 1992, I uh I I went all in. I I not that I just that, that I joined the Marine Corps. I mean, everybody goes all in by joining the Marine Corps, you know, when they do. But literally, I was I was all in mentally, emotionally, physically. I I dove headfirst into Marine Corps history and, you know, the traditions and what it stood for, what we stood for, the mission of the Marine Corps, uh, just everything about it. I mean, I I. I became the epitome of, you know, of a, of a, a Marine and I was all in. And I used to tell people that when, uh, that I worked with that I was going to be a, a future Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps. And that's the top enlisted. And I was serious at the time. I was like, that, I mean, it was in my mind, it was a done deal. I was, I was all in. Um, and I was going to, I was going to stay around for, you know, 30, 40 years in the Marine Corps and, and I was going to keep ascending the ladder and I was just going to keep, uh, keep driving. I was going to be the best Marine, you know, ever. But, um, I, since I threw myself into learning everything that I could about being a Marine and, and excelling in my, my job, my career field, I, I went, I went all in and, there, there are these things called meritorious promotion boards. And in, at, at the time we were, we were kind of in the midst of a, like a scale down, right? The mid 1990s, there was a scale down in, in the military and, and there was a, a lot of military folks that were being pushed out. So promotions didn't come, didn't come readily. They, they didn't come easily because there were so many people in the Marine Corps. Um, in the, in the military in general for so few remaining seats. It's like people were being forced out all the time. So the, one of the only ways that you could get promoted in my career field was what was called a meritorious promotion, a meritorious, uh, board. And what you would do is you would study Marine Corps history. You would brush up on drill movements. You would. You know, you, you really had to become a well-rounded Marine. You needed to go all in on your physical fitness and you needed to, you know, you needed to show competencies and scores and capabilities and knowledge and wisdom and leadership. And, and, you know, you need, you needed to really reach and you really needed to expand just beyond a typical Marine. And I, I went all in on. A meritorious promotion board. And the first time I went up for a meritorious promotion board, I, 
it, there was, I think, four or five of us in my shop. So my shop was uh, an, elect, an, an aviation, avionics, electronics shop. There were probably 15 of us, but there were like four, uh, four people, four Marines that were going up for this meritorious promotion board. And I came in second. And I, I'd only been, been in the Marine. I, I'm Marine Corps. I was, I was like, I don't, I wasn't even in probably a year and a half, but there was one, one Marine in, in my shop that he was a, he had been in a little over three years. He was about maybe about three and a half years and he was still in E3. And I was in a year and a half and I was still in E3. E3 being a Lance Corporal in the Marine Corps. And so I went for this meritorious promotion board and I finished second. And I remember the, the master sergeant coming back to me and, and he was the, he was like the, the chief guy in our, in our, our shop. And I remember him coming back and saying, next time you're going to win. And he looked at me straight in the eyes. He said, next, next time, next board, you're going to win. And cool. I got it. Understood. Right. So next promotion board comes around and I'm, you know, for it to come around every quarter. So, uh, for three months I've been studying, polishing, perfecting, strengthening, like just building a resume to be able to compete at this meritorious promotion board. And when I, when I came around, when, when the, when the board came around and my, my master sergeant looked at me and said, you're going to go up for your, your promotion board. And I said, of course, his name is, we called him top, right? Top, top sergeant, top, top, of course, top. And I went in and I absolutely crushed that promotion board. And I went to the next level and I finished first at the next level. And then I went to the next level and I finished second. And luckily, there were three of us that were actually going to get promoted or that were going to move on to the next level. So I finished number two and the top three were going to the next level. So now we're at the Marine Corps Air Group. Now, this is this is where at this point in the game, probably you know, five, 600 Marines have, have, uh, competed for this meritorious promotion spot. And I'm one of six or seven that are at the Marine Corps air group. And there's three of us from our, from our squadron, from our group or from our, our unit. And there, there are one from a couple other units, but it, it comprised the whole Marine Corps air group. And we were, you know, the six or seven people that had, had made it to the final level, probably out of 500 people, 500 Marines that competed for this, this meritorious promotion board. And the guy who, the guy who beat me at the, at the previous level, I still remember he, he's, uh, he, we stayed in contact for a long time. He was like, he was kind of picking some scabs, man. That, that dude was kind of like, he kept rubbing it in my face that, you know, he beat me at this last board. And we went up for the Marine Corps air group 
the Meritorious Promotion Board. And they were out of the six or seven or however many that were up here, they were picking the top three. And I went in and I did my, my board. You answer some questions. You do some drill moves. You demonstrate competency and leadership and qualities and values. And you, you show them what kind of a Marine you are and they evaluate your resume and they evaluate your fitness and they evaluate, you know, your, the, your, uh, Promotion scores, they evaluate your, your fitness scores. They evaluate everything. But anyway, I went up in front of this, this group, probably five or six staff, staff, non-commissioned officers, some of the top enlisted in the Marine Corps Air Group. And they, our, our senior enlisted, his name was Sergeant Major Dangerfield. And he was, he was on the promotion board. And I went into the, the, the promotion board. And when I came out, you know, one by one, everyone was coming out and everybody, yeah, how'd you do? How'd you do? How'd you do? And there was this one guy. And I remember I looked at, I looked at him and he had a chest. This guy was a, he was a, a, a Gulf war one combat vet. And he had a chest. He had, he was decorated to, you know, I mean, from, from his, his heart to his shoulder. And, and, you know, I'm looking at this guy going, holy crap, how are you going to beat that? That's crazy. This guy's a decorated Marine. And anyway, so we're all, you know, comparing notes. How did you do? How did you do? And I was like, eh, I, I think I did okay. You know, I did the best I could, but I think I did okay. Anyway, every one by one, Marines were coming out of the promotion board. And at the very end, uh, Sergeant Major Dangerfield came out and said, Hey guys, we're going to, we're going to tally the, um, we're going to tally the scores. And then we'll come back out as soon as we, we have the winners. And. They were in there for about maybe five or 10 more minutes and Sergeant Major Dangerfield came out and he announced, he said, in no order. And he announced my name, the guys, the guy who, who I finished second to. <laughs> so the guy that beat me at the last board and then another guy in another, in another unit. And the three of us had been selected for promotion and. Later, Sergeant Major Dangerfield pulled us aside and said, I want to tell you guys where you finished. And he looked at me right in the eyes. He said, you were number one. And he looked at the other guy and said, you were number two. Now, out of 500, 600 Marines that, that competed, I finished number one overall. And Later, I would, you know, I was the, the sergeant of the color guard and I was on an honor detail and I saluted President Clinton. He was like three feet away from me and I saluted a sitting president. And I was, uh, yeah, the, the sergeant of the color guard for, for the Marine Air Wing and, or for the Marine Air Group. And I, I got a Navy achievement medal and, and I was, I was decorated and I was never a combat vet. I was between the two wars. I was right between the two wars, 92 to 97, but I was all in. I was like 100% in to the Marine Corps and being the best Marine that I could possibly be. And I crushed it. And then I was promoted to sergeant not too long after that. It was like, very quickly, I went from E3 to E5, and I was in less than less than three years, I believe, when I was promoted to to an, to an E5 to a sergeant in Marine Corps. So I was a sergeant of Marines, and 
And there were people in my shop that had been in the Marine Corps four years and they were still in E3. So it was like, what I realized, <clears throat> what I realized now looking back and I see this in my corporate career and I see this in, you know, every aspect of life that I've lived, lived, uh, within or lived in during the course of, you know, the, the five decades that I've been on the face of the planet. What I've realized is every time I've gone all in on anything, I've crushed it. When I was in executive leadership, when I was, when I was committed, when I was in, when I was mentally and emotionally committed to being the best executive leader that I could, I dominated and and we achieved magnificent things. When, when I started my business in 20, my first full year in business was 2018. So in 2017, when I really started this business, the first full year in business, I, I exceeded any income level that I, I ever achieved in any position in corporate America. Whenever I've gone all in on anything, I've crushed it. Whenever I've half-assed things, whenever I've given half-assed effort, whenever my commitment was half in, half out, I've fallen flat on my face. At the end of my corporate career, I was, I was half in, half out. I mean, I, my, my, my intense focus was really at home. It wasn't on my career because my, my family was in shambles at the end of my Marine Corps career, at the end of my, my time in a Marine Corps, like I was, I was half in half out. I knew I was getting out at that point. My, my, my commitment to the Marine Corps had expired. I, it's like, as the years wore on, I, I realized that I wasn't going to stay in for 40 or 50, 30 or 40 years. And, and my, my commitment to the Marine Corps started to go away. And I, I'm not going to say I became a dirtbag Marine, but I definitely didn't perform at the level I did when I was committed, when I was all in. Everything that I've ever done in my life where I went all in, I crushed it. Every aspect of my life where I gave half-assed effort, I've gotten half-assed results. And I don't think that this is a lesson just for me. I don't think this just applies to me. One of, one of the words that, and I've already used it telling some stories. One of, one of the words that really lights me up. And if you've listened to this for any period of time, I love my words, but the word commitment. Commitment. Whenever I'm committed to anything, the outcome is like certain. <laughs> like the results are certain. Whenever I'm committed, but but I don't I don't commit to everything that I do, and that's that's the the internal conflict that I've had in my life. But whenever I commit to anything, like I crush it. There's a 
a philosopher. His name is Richard Rudd, and he he's the author of some soul science work and a, a, a practice called Gene Keys of philosophy called the Gene Keys. It's good stuff if you ever check it out. It'll tell you more about yourself than than you could ever imagine. But it he uses a, a phrase in some of his teaching, and he says, "Commitment creates." luck luck is real and commitment creates luck whenever you are all in mentally and emotionally it creates luck and the outcome becomes certain whenever you don't commit whenever you come at something half-assed half-hearted with with half of your mind in and half of your mind out If you noticed, you've gotten watered down results, but whenever you've gone all in on anything, you've crushed it. Now, I often see some of my clients and some people that I work with, they're committed to 15 things. So technically they're committed to nothing because you, you can't go all in on everything all the time. Like that's, that's fractured folk for, for, uh, that is fractured focus. Let me spit that out. When you're when you're when you fracture your focus, then it's hard to remain committed and steadfast in in executing at a high level. When you when you commit and another another Richard Rudd uh, concept is ninety nine percent commitment equals zero percent commitment. When you go all in on anything and you 100% it, you're going to crush it. You're going to achieve it. You're going to attain it. It's not for the timid. It's not for the weak. It's not for the weak hearted. Going all in on something with complete reckless abandon, like being willing to feel fear and fear thing, feel things and fear things and lose things and you know being able to go at anything with reckless abandon with the with the willingness to lose things that are that are expired during the course of, of that commitment to feel things that you'd rather not feel right it takes an act of courage to become committed to anything one of my old bosses and I freaking love this guy he's my business mentor he he used to have a a saying and he used to say are you committed or are you dedicated? And and as a as a teaching tool, he would say, Are you committed or are you dedicated? And he said, Do you know the difference between commitment and dedication? I was like, What is that? And he'd say, Look at your breakfast plate. The chicken is dedicated. The pig is committed. Like, think about that. The the chicken will come and drop some eggs and walk away, go on its happy little life. The pig, to become breakfast, it needs to go all in. <laughs> needs to completely commit to putting meat on a table, right? That's the difference between dedication and commitment. Commitment is literally serving yourself up to an uncertain outcome, knowing that commitment creates luck and your best chance of achieving the outcome or attaining the outcome 
is by committing and going all in. I sat down this morning and I am not a goal driven guy. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not a goal driven guy. Goals don't light me up. They'll light me up for a day or two, but goals just don't light me up. But commitments do. When I make a commitment to myself, my life over the course of six years transformed because of my commitments and things that I was committed to every day. And there's times when I woke up and I would give half-ass commitment and I got half-ass results. And there's times that I would, after a period of, of lack of commitment, I would recommit and I would start to crush it again in my physical health, my mental health, my emotional health, my spiritual health, my marriage, my business. When I give full commitment, 100% commitment, when I go all in, everything expands around me. When I, whenever I half-ass anything and give lackadaisical dedication, you could call it, then things don't, things don't grow. They don't sharpen. They don't enrich. But this morning I sat down and said, what are my primary commitments to, to, to life, to God, to me, to my wife, to my family, to my clients? What, what am I committed to? Like literally, what do I want to recommit to every single day? And then move aside goals and just get really clear about commitments. And my commitments that I came up with, I came up with seven of them. I commit to making the world a more loving place. And that just happens to be the mission of my business, Inner Wealth Global. Number one, I commit to making the world a more loving place. Number two, I commit to loving unconditionally. Number three, I commit to positively impacting everyone I love and serve. The next is, I commit to living as the fullest expression of myself, withholding nothing and sharing my deepest truth. I commit to creating powerful and lasting content, life-changing content. I commit to honoring and nourishing my body, mind, and emotions. And lastly, but definitely not least, I commit to living passionately and joyfully. Guys, in a world of goal setters and distance chasers and number seekers and people that are just looking to increase numbers and in a world that we're taught to be addicted to more, doesn't matter what it is, in a world where we're just taught that more is the only positive outcome and less is unacceptable, in a world that encourages you to sacrifice yourself for the sake of goals in a world that in a world that encourages you to need your wants and to become addicted to increasing your wants and to sacrificing your life for your wants and sacrificing your health and your wealth sacrificing your happiness for your wants, confusing your wants and needs in a world full of hustle whores and grind gurus, I just want to ask you, 
what are you committed to? How are you committed to living? What behaviors are are you committed to demonstrating on a daily basis? What values are you are you committed to to demonstrating to being on a daily basis? What are you committed to? Not what are you after, not what are your goals. But what can people expect out of you on a day in and day out basis? When you commit, when you go all in, luck is right behind. Commit to behaviors, commit to values, commit to becoming the person that you want to become, and you'll have everything that you've ever wanted. To access powerful tools and content to create more wealth, success, and happiness in your life, or to join the Happy Millionaire community, visit www.livesoulout.com.